Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, I'm Orion Lavelle. And I'm Travis Maddox. And you're listening to Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast where today, guess what? Guess what we're going to take? Take a, take a wild fucking guess what we're going to talk about. Is it devils? Wrong. That was not applause. That was the sound of me slapping you. Oh. Ow. Ow, 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 Is it demons? It is. It is we're demons. talking about demons. It's more demons. <laughs> Everybody get get buckle up. We're gonna do more demons. It's gonna be a demony ride. Uh quite similar to like a like a like a haunted carnival. I get a whole bunch of D de- when you go into the love the love tunnel. When you go down well, that love tunnel. Yeah, when you go down the love tunnel and you're like, please, we've been on this love tunnel for weeks. Into the love seat and then <laughs> demons come out because it's haunted because we're on an episode of Alone in the Dark. Are you <laughs> alone on the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? I can't remember. What was the tales what was the fucking Tales of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, Tales of the Dark. Dark right. Tales. Woohoo! We're talking about the Glabrezu. Glabrezu, Glabrezu. Glabrezu, Glabrezu. 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 Yeah, there are a great many pronunciations for this doggy goat pincer armed monster. It's just a monster ass monster. Like, I feel like we've talked a fair bit during this season of demons about how most of the demons are just like weird animals. This is. Pretty decidedly not a weird animal. Like, it has some aspects of animals, but that is clear, like, that ain't no, that does not easily snap to an animal. Yeah. In the same way that, like, a Bulgara is just an ape. Yeah, for sure. This is something I would, like, it would be, like, fiend parentheses monstrosity. Mm. It, it looks like just... a, yeah. It looks like a Dragon Age monster. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. looks like a Dragon Age monster. It does have that presence to it. Yeah, it's just like very spiky. It's like epic fantasy. This is definitely probably the most badassified monster mm. we've come across. I, I think I, I feel like that is a safe assessment. I think that this is the most badass looking monster we have, and it looks very fourth edition as well. Anyway, we're we're like getting into the so so yeah. yes, <laughs> that's that's art stuff. We're it's it's a big it's a big spiky boy. It's got pincers. Um. As with all of the demon stuff, there are some mild lore things. Uh, it's quite defensively heavy in play, and I think it does have some cute... It, it gets a minor spell list that I think uh, sets itself up for some cute little spell combo stuff uh, that I think it could turn out to be a fun little encounter. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Do you, want me to, do you want me to read the lore thing? Let's, uh, let's, let's come up with a contrived way to insert a music sting. <laughs> into this part of the episode. Yeah, right. In, in terms of the, the artistic representation that we get, it does look an awful lot like a 4th edition monster, by which I mean it's just like a big singular slab of spikes <laughs> that has like two colors to it uh, and looks like a big grumpy Dragon Age monster. It looks like a big vaguely bestial kind of thing. Uh, specifically, it kind of it kind of like looks, it has the head of something approximating like a, a hellhound with very long goat-like devil horn kind of things. It's got yeah. spikes all over it. It's broad. It's thick. It's a big muscly thing. Um, it, it almost does look kind of like a dog on its, like a hellhound on its hind legs. Not by like, it, it has, it definitely doesn't look exactly like a dog. Yeah. But it has like a canine kind of bone structure. It has like a, the, the snoot for sure. Yeah. Like uh, the rib cage seems to be in that kind of ovular way that dogs are. Yeah. It definitely has like 
bestial hind legs. Not so much feet. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the yeah. legs are they they're furry and Yeah, I guess like putting it all together, if you had to describe it Lovecraft style, it looks like a, a dog with dinosaur claw feet and then like big old swole arms with pincers instead of hands, and then beneath the big old swole arms there are two just regular dude like like Simpsons arms. It only has three fingers and a thumb <laughs> on each hand. Uh but it has like regular dude arms beneath the big pincer arms. The thing that's very confusing for me is the skin of this monster, which goes from, like, a rough leathery neck and chest to furry legs, but also carapacey arms. Yeah. It has, like, the, the texture and ridges of a carapace on the arms with yeah. no clear start point. <laughs> and and I, I think that's why I go to 4th edition when I think about this particular picture. Uh, because I feel like 4E really capitalized on just putting ridges and spikes in places. <laughs> yeah. Not really bothering with what a with what the skeleton of this creature should look like, more like what provides a cool looking silhouette. If you kinda like if you kinda like squinted at the chest piece where like the the armor, the carapacy armor impacts, it looks like it's almost surgically put on yeah it looks like the, a cape it looks like he's wearing his favorite spike pauldrons yeah to the point where like that almost looks like the thing connecting the two arms to his body oh my god they're false arms they, it, they look like they're like demonically like he just connects them like like the <laughs> toy connects like what, he just clicks like, them on for ba seared, battle seared seared or like stitched on just oh. kind of like I like oh no I like the lego option more than the <laughs> medical malpractice option just but. The, noise yeah, every yeah, time just, he puts on his arm. This <laughs> mech. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it looks like... It's interesting. It, there is definitely a lot of consideration for cool and not necessarily function, right? So, like, I feel like... And we've seen this before, like, with... Um, let me refresh my memory real quick. By which I mean leaf back through the... Uh, <laughs> Monster manual. Oh yeah, like with Chules, they had the weird segmented pincer things, but those like had plates to them and joints and you could see where they clearly move. Yeah. With the Glabrezu, it just looks like a single slide. It looks like, like a Pokemon, like it just put, like it's too abstracted. There's not they, enough... It doesn't look like it. there's a hinge, it just looks like two double blades. Yeah, like <laughs> he's just got swords sticking out of that piece. Yeah. It's very strange and not necessarily what I came to expect from this art style, which heretofore has been very much like exaggerated silhouettes with a lot of detailing to make them seem plausible. I was going to say realistic like um, anatomically sensical bits. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I think more often than not, when we get a weird monster, it at least has considerations for how it would move and live its life. This kind of just looks like a like a high res Pokemon. <laughs> it's it's strange. Yeah. Also, hell of an underbite on this guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's got the big. Ang I mean, like you know, it's got to have the beast fangs. It's got to have the the like jowly, the like tusk <laughs> bits going on under there. Yeah, the the lower fangs that will stab it in the nose if it closes its mouth. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it is very strange. It is very strange to see this kind of monster in here. Fortunately, like a lot of the other demons, it also has the weird bronze bangle thing. So yeah, whatever we decided, <laughs> like whoever's artistic cue that was, Dave, back at it again with this one. Demons, they have to have bangles. Mm -hmm, they that's love all to, I know. Yeah, they get, they love to accessorize with their their bangles. <laughs> yeah, that's really more or less. There was like. 
So, so typically I like to come at monster design with the idea of like, what are they going for thematically? Um, but the rest of the lore that we get for the Glabrezu, it seems like it's a thinking demon. It's the only one that can pull some measure of a long con as opposed to just, I want to eat the thing. And this doesn't strike me as like a thinking creature all that much at all. Like the arms come into play later. Like this is kind of a spell casting monster. It casts arms with his little baby arms. And I think I would have liked to have seen more of the like sniveling part of the Glabrezu. Like if there was a piece of lore that expressly said that the pincer arms were fake, <laughs> and that this was just kind of a weak dog monster that <laughs> threw on some pincer arms to to look tougher. That would be a lot cooler to me, uh, and provide a lot more context for why it's it's built like a like a big fake angry monster and not like a realistic or at least plausible looking monster. Yeah, for sure. And like you're right, like reading the lore for it does. If you showed like all the demon lore like snippets and then all the the art and said like match these to the things they are. I would never have put yeah. weird buff pincer guy with the the, the takes guile. great pleasure in yeah. destroying mortals through temptation. Yeah. I never would have <laughs> Yeah, engaging in guile, trickery, and evil bargains. I'm gonna put it on the buff <laughs> monkey before I put it on this guy. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got a trick for you. Stab <laughs> How's that for ya? Let me tempt you with staying in one piece, I guess. Yeah, think your way out of this one. Stab <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's not necessarily my favorite of the monster designs specifically. I mean, even of the demon designs that we have so far. Uh, I, I think this is at least the weirdest one, right? At least the one that is not so much in my preference yeah, it, as monster design goes. It's the, I don't know, it's the, I, I was going to say the least demon-y looking one, but I guess that's not true because there has not been a very consistent style oh, of the demons so far. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, every now and again when I prepare notes for a new one of these, I'll scroll through the other demons because I have the same thought every time. And they're, and I, I mean, it's appropriate, right? These are creatures of chaos. They're supposed to be expressed in a bajillion different ways. Um, I just, yeah, I, I'm having difficulty getting a read on what makes a demon versus what makes a devil artistically. Uh, yeah, like, because anything I could say, it's like we've already covered something that breaks it. Like, yeah, yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah, like, the best guess I have is the animal bases, bases for all of these creatures. I feel like devils don't get animal. Man, like, I don't know. Someone's, some that I've seen, but I don't know if they're official, you know? Uh, uh, well, we'll get, I'll get back to you on that. We'll it's get like, back to you on that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the maybe I, it's the animal thing. Yeah, I mean, like just kind of leafing through the other devils that we have. There's kind of like a weird insectoid quality to a lot of the devils that, aside from obviously the Casmies, the demons don't quite get. It seems like demons tend to be like furred and scaled, whereas devils tend to have like scorpion tails and have exoskeletons. At least in the little bits that I'm I'm kind of shuffling through right now. Right. Uh, except the ones who are hot or leathery. Uh, yeah, I don't know. These are my. These are the made guesses. Of, made of chains. Well, we'll adapt it as we go. Yeah, we have biases. Apparently, we need to break with demons. Yeah, or at least like any sort of category. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So, in terms of the lore that we get, a Glabretzu takes great pleasure in destroying mortals through temptation, and these creatures are among the few demons to offer their service to creatures foolish enough to summon them. So that's our little, you know, the the closest we get to a specific adventure hook for this kind of monster. This is a good summoning monster, specifically because it can do this kind of long game thinking where 
As the book says, Although Glebrezus are devastating in combat, they prefer to tempt victims into ruin using power or wealth as a lure. Engaging in guile, trickery, and evil bargains, the Glebrezu hoards riches that it uses to fulfill promises to short-sighted summoners and weak-willed mortals. However, should these plans go awry, the demon has a lot of strength and spikes. This is like, take all cards on the table, that was like take five of me trying to say Glebrezu. Uh, it did not go very well. Um, the idea is that the Glebrezu is very big and tough. Uh, I know, yeah, I leave me alone. No, it's fine, my man. fucking back. You're not I my haven't dad. had to say it a million times, so I have nothing on. <laughs> yeah. The, the big takeaway is that these guys are, are thinky dudes. They try to, like, they do the devil thing of temptations and try to, not necessarily, I don't get the sense that they do loopholes and contractual bargains and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just a little bit of, it's a little bit more betrayal-minded. It's a little bit more dishonest than I'm going to run over and eat you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um... And I, I guess we'll find that mm. some of the stuff, I mean, like, some of its spells... I, I don't know. I glanced at them, and I see none of it. I One spell, I'll give a quarter credit. Like, I it's none got, of it. So it's got detect magic and dispel magic, kind of making it... And, like, the true sight that it gets, it kind of pads itself out to be a little bit more investigatory. I guess I was going to say, like, for the, like, the, the guile and trickery and stuff it has like confusion and that's it <laughs> but i guess like we'll get into it it make it just like spoiler alert mechanically i don't think it yeah fit, it fits itself at all yeah i don't really agree either the the main alley it has into being a thinking creature is its crazy high intelligence and wisdom it's got good mental stats as opposed to a lot of the demons we've seen um, so the, the lore here, it establishes a home, right? Like the Glabretsu, it keeps gold and hoards it up, kind of like how, uh, Bulgras had little trophy homes that it kept. Yeah, like a nice lair. Yeah, so, like, it, there is a sense, and you know, this is a relatively tough monster. You could, ostensibly, if you wanted to do a whole bunch of abyssal adventures, you could make a, a little Glabretsu cave that the players come across in the abyss. Or even on, like, the material plane, because this is one of the more conniving, trickier demons, it doesn't stretch uh, the lore so much to imagine that there would be more Glabretsus in the material plane than otherwise, especially since these guys are the most copracetic, or at least the most um, amenable to being summoned. Yeah, like, it, would, it wouldn't be a stretch at all to say, like, one was summoned some amount of years ago and has been keeping a horde of treasure and tricking adventures or something into its cave and as such you could stumble upon it haphazardly exactly yeah. and then there could be something of like a plot twist there right where you know all the players know is that something tore a bunch of dudes apart and is living in a cave with a bunch of gold this is dungeons and dragons you can easily <laughs> bait you know you can seed the a yeah a bunch of creatures do the same thing uh b you could very much like with chimeras you could seed the party into thinking they're about to fight a dragon and then, whoa, it's demon stuff. Whoa, those wacky random demons uh, pop up and then eat them. That would be such, like, on the flip side of, like, thinking they're fighting a dragon, just like, yeah, somebody keeps abducting people from the, merchants from the street and t robbing their caravans and stuff. It's like, oh, we're going to go to a cave to fight some bandits. Oh, bandits. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, shit. <laughs> Goodbye. Pinced. Yeah, pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, question the second. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this as we've been doing this more and more, as we've been doing demons more and more. It is kind of interesting that, like, 
demons change psychology, like the way their brains work, change as they metamorph. If these, you know, if the book expressly tells us that each demon has their own specific way of doing things, that means that one demon, very much like uh, uh, you and me, we live various phases of our lives. And I, I bet you, you know, if you wanted to do a long form demon story where like your villain is this one specific demon that is getting tougher as the party gets tougher, yeah. it could kind of have, you know, there's kind of like a character there of like, this is who I was, this is who I will become, you know, almost like like a cringe culture, like, man, I can't believe I was back in the phase of fighting <laughs> mortals for power. Ugh. Uh, hold on, does... No, okay. I, I was, just real quick, I had to check, I was like, the higher the CR of the demon, is the intelligence higher every time? No, no. is the answer. So, my thought then, I hadn't considered that number one, uh, do you think it's like the form the demon turns into depends on its attitude? Like, 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 it doesn't say that, but like, if, say, like, a dretch shows some kind of, like, particular trickery inclination as opposed to just brute force in it, like, maybe it turns into a Glabrezu instead of, like, a Garistro, which is another thing we'll... That would be cool. Uh, that would make sense, which leads me to assume that that's <laughs> that not the case. Incorrect. Because it's, it's the abyss <laughs> and the idea. I think the idea is like, you know, when we get to devils, if there's something like that with devils, which I'm sure there is, uh, that would probably make sense for that. I feel like with, and I almost like that dramatically a little bit more as, you know, the Glibretsu is like, I'm this mastermind, this thinker. I like the way I am presently. And then Orcus shows up and is like, wow, you, you don't think anymore. Suck on that. And then, you know, they don't even have the capacity at that point to, to not like be, I don't know. I feel like you could create some some mild uh, drama and tragedy in that way. That would be kind of cool. That's fair. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's for sure, like, funnier and more interesting to me to assume that it's just a complete metamorphosis of the brain and personality. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. the, the first demon just didn't really even exist. Yeah. Yeah. That would be also quite good for, yeah, for jokes. You know us all about, all about jokes. Like, you know, like, I am the greatest demon that has ever, I'm a fly now. <laughs> buzz, buzz. Same voice. Buzz. I mean, like, now. it's telepathy, right? So, maybe that's the, like, the indicator <laughs> for the whether or not line. it's the same demon, right? They have the same telekinetic voice. Everyone has a totally oh. unique telekinetic voice. It's like a fucking Flowers for Algernon up in here. <laughs> it's very tragic. So in terms of the mechanical stuff, the Glibretsu, it is a large fiend, so it's a big boy, uh, it's chaotic evil, it's demon, all of these things that we've seen a great many times before. It's a CR9 creature, so it's getting kind of into the middle of the road game, middle game bits. Uh, it has an above average AC of 17 and below average HP of 157, and it's got kind of a, a quick walking speed of 40. I I feel like for large creatures, it's pretty common to have a 40 walking speed. Uh, just that to sounds right in size. my head, yes. I don't know if that's totally the case. It's either a little bit above average or just average for their size. I don't know. Um, at me. As far like, looking at the other examples, uh, it's a mix. Yeah. So I think it's... Yeah, well, it's a solid walking speed of 40. Yeah. 
in terms of its attributes, we're getting back into the celestial OC do not steal stuff. <laughs> They're all mostly either quite above average or incredibly high with super big strength and constitution, this being a big fighter kind of thing. It also has 19 intelligence, this being kind of a thinky boy. 17 wisdom, 16 charisma, 15 dex, quite good stuff. OC do not steal. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Like, I looked at the stats, and I was like, whoa. And I looked at the challenge rating, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We jumped up a bit, didn't we, from Dretches last time? Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a... Uh, yeah, whiplash. Yeah. yeah. Defensively, as we are continuously finding with demons, this is quite a capable monster in terms of defenses. It's got saving throw bonuses to strength, constitution, wisdom, and charisma. Uh, it's also got resistances, damage resistances to cold fire, lightning, and then the physical damages from non-magical weapons. And then it has the, the demon constant of being immune to poison damage and depoisoned condition. Which means that, again, and, and this is, you know, we're getting out to the point of the game where demons can have the magic resistance on top of that. So this is yet another creature where spellcasters just are, you know, go back to where you came from. Kind of, kind of paradigm with those guys. Yeah, like... There are 4th and 5th level spells that don't do fire, lightning, or cold damage. Yeah. But, like, not a lot of But them. even then, with the magic <laughs> resistance, you'll yeah. likely... I mean, you'll most likely miss or something terrible will happen. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, if you're a warlock and you're casting Eldritch Blast on it, you'll be fine. For the most part, though, a lot of the debuffers and the blasty casters are going to be pretty severely limited in the middle of this fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, as is, you know, becoming the refrain for demons, which I guess, like, again, as I've mentioned several times before, as long as you keep it consistent and in the lore and something that is not there to, you know, make your spellcaster sad, of which there will be a lot in your D&D group, uh, feel free. I mean, like, I'm fine with demons just being able to shrug off spells, and this is just something you know, that demons are magically resistant. Um... I just, again, as I mentioned way back with Baylor's and probably every time since, it does feel kind of weird to, in some degrees, alienate most of the D&D classes with a very specific kind of monster. Yeah, it's like demons were made to make uh, Holy Avenger Paladins feel useful. Yeah. Like, like just the, the heavy uh, magic weapon fighter feel yeah. really good yeah. as opposed to a spellcaster who's probably getting the kills all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and there's a truth of that, to that. And if you find yourself running a series of adventures or a campaign where the sorcerer is killing everything every turn and the warlock is banishing everything every turn, then it might, you know, as I'm sure I've mentioned a few times since, it might be a fine, wise idea to introduce a Glebrezu fight where suddenly the spellcaster is useless and we have to find some way to make do without magic. But I don't think it would be fun to make it a big trend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. In terms of its senses, it's got true sight out to 120 feet. I, I, again, I'm thinking this is for, like, since it has the capacity to make plans and reason and ambushes and whatnot, I kind of like the idea of this Glebrezu being able to see through illusions and then it being able to make the thinking idea to play along with the illusions, right? So, like, if it can make ambushes of its own accord and it can be tricky and guy guileful and whatnot, I like the idea of, you know, oh, it's a dumb demon, let's lock it in with illusory terrain or hallucinatory terrain. And then the Glibretsu chooses to go along with it until <laughs> the players think they have it, and then it just whips around and eats one or pinces one. That does make sense. It would also... Uh, help it see through its own things. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it can cast darkness. Yeah, and that is true also sight true. can see through darkness, right? It lets you just kind of see anything in 120 feet, I'm pretty sure. I think that's true. I think you can just see through magic stuff. I think that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm confident enough that it's true, but yeah. I'm not going to look it up. Me neither. So I'm we'll confident. Just... Hear me. Bold statement yeah. right now. Yeah. True we'll... sight can see through magical darkness. Here I am. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Change my mind. Fight me. No, I, I feel, yeah. But I think we'll we'll do that. And then we're just going to boldly not <laughs> fact check. We will never look. Yeah. It's too... <laughs> Good enough for politics. <laughs> clowns don't watch that. In addition to its true sight, it also has a solid passive perception of 13, so it can see a lot of stuff. Uh, it's got the, in terms of language, it has the demon constant abyssal, and then it also has the telepathy, in this case, out to 120 feet because it's a big boy demon. Which means that, you know, this is a demon that, this is the first of demons that we've seen that could reliably start the conversation with the players and vice versa, right? Like, usually I get the sense that telepathy between demons is the order of the day, where demons just need to communicate with each other in order to do anything. Right. Uh, I I think this is one of the first cases where it would be reasonable and loreful for the Glibrezu to contact the players first with this telepathy. Yeah, because, like, a Baylor wouldn't, like, yeah, just yeah. start a conversation. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's a it's a cool setup for the, the non-Haws. You know how... D&D players in this day and age, they tend to be pretty uh, pretty amenable to the non-hostile, like, come join our party! <laughs> Let's turn the enemy to our friend! And, you know, the Glibretsu this entire time is like, yes, I'll be your friend. <laughs> yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Let me sharpen up my what's-its. The party will be trying to play its Gabrezu dating sim. Exactly. Meanwhile. The Glibretsu is playing Cooking Mama. <laughs> nice. Nice <Hey>. <laughs> So in terms of its traits, the Glibretsu gets innate spellcasting where it can cast spells. Its spell save DC is on average 16, uh, which is the, the average DC for its CR. Hmm. Um, it can cast the following spells with no material components at will. It can cast darkness, it can cast detect magic, it can cast dispel magic. Uh, the detect and dispel magic are variously useful. I mean, the thing has true sight, right? So it can pretty reliably distinguish what is magical and what is not already. I'm imagining this is just for information gathering so yeah. that the Glibretsu can do the long con. I was going to say, I think true sight lets you see through illusions and stuff. Detect magic would, I guess, in the lore case, be like... How many magic items does this person have on them? What yeah. can I take from them? Exactly. I think that's the idea is that this is your hand-waving ability to have your Glibretsu have some dirt on the players in order to play that kind of intrigue game. Yeah. Um, and then it also has darkness, which I think will turn into some fun. Like, honestly, since it has true sight, this means that at any point during the fight, the Glibretsu can just have advantage and they have disadvantage. The party will have disadvantage on them. So it turns into some cool kind of area denial kind of stuff and some occasionally like Batman, you know, slinking back into the darkness to do a bunch of damage kind of stuff. Um, Once per day each, it can also cast Confusion, which is a nice little debuff. It, you know, kind of like Pokemon, you have a chance to just do something completely useless or actively detrimental on your turn. Uh, It can also cast Fly, makes you fly. And it also can cast Power Word Stun, which uh, I think this is our first of the Power Word spells that we've talked about yeah, in the show. Yeah, I think so. Uh, again, kind of like Pokemon, uh, it operates on a th- on a level threshold where if the creature that you cast Power Word Stun on has below 150 HP, they become stunned. So again, when, when your players have it, 
the game turns into something like Pokemon, where you're trying to like, you know, soften up the, the thing that you're trying to cast this sure thing spell on. It's also like a like a a a big level spell. Yeah, which yeah. At CR nine is kind of wild. Yeah, like it's not like actively a killer. No. And it, by any means, no. but like it's an eighth level spell. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely for for players who know what the power word spells are because these are getting up in levels. This could be kind of a cool oh shit moment where you know you as the DM can flat out declare it casts power word stun, and then you know the the D and D bets are like fuck, that's a big spell, especially because <laughs> de- depending on the player, they could just keep failing their con save and be stunned indefinitely yeah that is mostly true if you know they if you do it on the wizard or are on you know basically anything that doesn't have a con save uh that that could lock out a player for at least a while yeah yeah with 16 that's yeah. a good amount of the numbers on a die yep that is that's <laughs> quite true mm-hmm. uh this is also i think the initial gambit into or at least these spells provide uh, are the basis for the fun combo stuff that we'll talk about when we get into encounter running mm-hmm. uh, later on. In terms of its actions, it gets a multi-attack, where the Glibretsu, it can make four attacks, two with its big old pincers, two with its tiny little man fists. Uh, <laughs> alternatively, in lieu of doing the two punchies with its fists, it can cast one spell. So this ends up being some kind of weird action economy stuff, where I think this is the first monster we've seen that kitten has this ability to do this attack and uh, spell and spell in the same yeah. turn that's kind of awesome like it again it kind of turns into an oh shit moment where it casts this big spell and then the party's like okay my turn now and you get to be like no 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 it's <laughs> you're stunned and they're like oh no that's a thing we'll have to deal with and you're like no 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 exactly and that is you know <laughs> phase two of this this combo where uh, yeah, I guess I'll just throw it on the table now. I think that, you know, your opening gambit with the Glibretsu is to stun, pince, and then <laughs> next turn fly up into the sky with the thing <laughs> in the back. Because I think that would be really fucking cool. Hell yeah. And either you can, like, like choke slam him back down, or it becomes kind of like a, a getting around it. Well, I'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. Uh, the, the pincer attacks, they are super accurate. Um, both of its melee attacks are quite accurate. The pincer, it gets a plus nine to hit, as does the fist. Uh, the pincer has a reach of 10 feet because it's a big boy with big old arms. Um, on a hit, it does 16, 2d10, plus 5 bludgeoning damage. And it's an auto grapple attack, which we get sometimes with monsters. Basically, you know, if they're hit and the creature that is hit is medium sized or smaller, it becomes grappled and then it has to, you know, break free on their turn when they can. The escape DC is a little bit below average at 15. Um, but again, Sorcerer ain't going to break out of that. Yeah. Um,. Kind of, you know, and as you would expect, and it, and as you would expect for the anatomy of the creature, the Glibretsu, it has two pincers, so it can grapple two things. Um, and they are on very big arms, so yes. two medium creatures, not a huge suspension of disbelief. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a big boy. Um, and then in addition to that, it has its fists, which are kind of like backup attacks if you need to pad out the damage a little bit more. Again, they're <laughs> plus nine to damage. Uh, they don't have the reach because they're tiny little man arms, and then they do seven 2d4 plus two bludgeoning damage each. Just the idea of these two big pincers grabbing two of the party and then pulling them in while the two tiny fists just back, back over back. them. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, spleen, kidney the punch. Little, yeah, little kidney punches on the side. I was thinking like uh, maybe like a gentleman glibretsu where like <laughs> the pincer holds him up and then the hands are like, <laughs> you know, slapping away. Yeah. That'd be quite, quite good. Quite good in comedy, That'd I say. Quite good. That would be very comedy to my estimation. Um... Yeah, so so that is 
the mechanical stuff, in terms of encounter design stuff, in terms of how you run your Glibretsu, uh, obviously this can fly. I think, you know, that, that opening combo rocks to oh, my yeah. mind. Hell so yeah. if you can get him to cast fly before the the encounter even starts, you know, you've set up some, some stuff for your action economy there. And since this is a thinking, reasoning, ambush, guileful creature, it stands to reason that the Glibretsu could cast fly on themselves well before combat starts in anticipation of a fight. Uh, so yeah, I do super love the idea of, you know, right off the bat, power word stun, rush in, pin somebody, fly up in the air, and then it kind of turns into something like we saw with uh, Behirs. No, not Behirs. Um, I mean, like, Chules and Carrion Crawlers. What was the one with the big swallow action that we did? Dusk Mantles or Cloakers? Uh, oh, yeah, Cloakers. There, there have been a bunch of monsters like this, but it turns into something like a chase. You could at least run it into something like a chase, where uh, the Glibretsu is just up in the air, and the rest of the party has to come and save their friend that's getting kidney-punched, worked over by this Glibretsu in the air for who knows how long. Who I had not considered also cannot break free from the grapple because they are stunned. Yeah, exactly. So they could, you know, reliably do a fair bit of, of damage on this person pretty consistently throughout the fight. So if you're grappling to something with your pincer, can you still pince it some more? I don't think so, because the Chul can't. Mm. While it's grappling something, it can't use its pincer attacks. Mm. Do you think it could use its other pincer to pince? Like, it could just pass off, like Hot Potato, the wizard, in between its pincers? I don't see why not. Right? Like, that <laughs> yeah. kind of makes a sense. It does make sense. I'm just trying to think, because the, then it, then it, if not, then it becomes on you as the DM to make the executive decision to either cast a spell to keep the rest of the team, like, you know, I'm going to lay down darkness or confusion or whatever to keep the rest of the team from coming up towards me, or it doesn't matter because I can just play hot potato with the wizard or what have you, or I can just, like, vice grip them. I would I would vote that you could do the pince attack again to something that's you're already pincing. I don't I know if it says specifically you can't. I don't know. Again, I'm not going to fact check it. Hey. No, we can fact check it if you want. Nah, I'm fine. All right. Uh, one thing that I think would be fun is introducing uh, a fear of falling damage for what is potentially the first time in a whole campaign. Yeah, yeah, that could be <laughs> just quite good fun. stun, pince, fly up into the air for like three whole rounds. Yeah, and then like, just whoop. yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I reliably uh, at least a couple of team members will have fly or dimension door or something that could help mitigate this. But yeah, I think, you know... Well, darkness. They can't see you drop the person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could use darkness to cover the way. Darkness only has like a 20-foot coverage, I guess. I guess right? you'd have like, to do darkness first, and then you... Yeah. yeah it would you be, could, it'd be a big setup, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you could do a lot of stuff. I You could do a lot of, of fun little setup things, and then obviously confusion can keep the fighter or whoever's casted fly or whoever is lobbing fireballs at a distance or lightning bolts at a distance uh, to keep the, the Glibretsu from going down in the middle of the air. Uh, at a certain point, you know, concentration is going to get broken, and then the Glibretsu comes toppling over, and there's your fly. In which case, you know, uh, in which case, you know, you could kind of do it up like a Batman thing where, where the Glibretsu uh, uses more darkness in order to either, like, you know, create area denial or hide into places where it has the advantage, and then, you know, it becomes like a, a lot of hits right you know it becomes kind of an out damaging thing um i feel like at this point the party will have enough dispel magic that you don't have to worry about the basilisk thing where you know if the glibretsu where just stays in the darkness you always have disadvantage yeah. yeah it is it is touchy because it can do it at will yeah. and it can make attacks after doing it yeah so like there's 
if you have if you have nothing else to do as the Glabretsu, it just makes sense to kind of do that. Yeah, yeah, but be be wary of annoying people. Yeah, I like the idea of like be you know. Cool. Yeah, be cool. <laughs> I like the idea of stepping it up with like uh, you know because this is a, a thinking creature that does ambushes. I like the idea of maybe the Glabretsu being able to set up traps in the area. And then as it topples over, it's casting darkness over these traps so that the, none of the players will be able to, you know, defuse them or notice them before it's too late. That is pretty fun. <laughs> Damn. I was like, oh, this is a god tier creature. What's its dex? I was going to say, maybe you could try to stealth, <laughs> but it's only a plus two. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I don't know. What is... What's confusion exactly? Is it where you roll? Oh, uh, yeah. So you roll a dice, and then depending on the dice roll, you're either, you like you take off nothing. in a direction, or you attack something, or you do nothing. Okay. I can't remember what the all of the decisions are, all of the individual ones are. Let's look it up. Let's break our. <laughs> our well, oath. I was trying to figure out, like, what would be the ideal scenario to use confusion? Would it be after, would it be like darkness confusion or would it be like so so to my mind um yeah so that those are the the options basically like depending on the dice roll yeah. you either run in a random direction you don't do anything on your turn or you make a melee attack against some creature randomly that is nearby or do nothing um i guess that would be like you it does it cast or target one creature or uh, so, so it is a, it targets one creature, it does take concentration, uh, so, yeah, so that does kind of stumble things a little bit, right? Because you can't do it while you're up in the air. It almost seems like the... You could, like, stun and then pince a couple people, then next turn, to prevent the savior, you just kind of, like... Yeah, yeah, them. I guess you could use the fly to get away, or, you know, keep up in the air when the fly goes down, you go down, and then, you know, pince people and use confusion with... You're just your your forty movement speed yeah. to keep people from getting up at you, or just sowing chaos in between things in, in between the party. Uh, yeah, I, w I think that would be the best thing for it. it. Obviously, you know, if you're doing it in the abyss or in a battleground where the Glubretsu has preemptively put traps in the area, then conclude then confusion is a lot more dangerous, right? Because if you take off in a random direction, that could be right into a spike pit or yeah. into a pit of lava or fire or whatever's <laughs> in the abyss. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's true. I'm always trying to... I've I've looked at confusion before, and I'm always trying to figure out, like, how it's useful. Because it always feels like there's something else. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, that, most of the things that confusion can do, you can do more reliably with other spells. Mm -hmm. This feels more like, uh, oh, just do any old thing. <laughs> like, I, I just need, like... I guess you, you have the chance of getting a melee attack on... on another member of the opposing side mm. um but on the whole i think cold person or something would be more useful it would have made more sense to me with... oh hmm? i'm sorry it's not one creature it's uh any creature within a 10 foot radius sphere so it could be one uh, creature up to like four creatures right um well it's not super bad then i guess but yeah. yeah realistically you'll probably only end up targeting one or two people with yeah, it for sure i was trying to think i was uh trying to think what spell i would replace that with to hit the lore and what's the the thing the you make somebody see something and if they go near it it hurts them phantasmal killer um or the that one makes you frightened of the thing though doesn't it 
I can't remember. Well, anyway, there I was are... try, I was try, maybe I'm thinking of the Abolith thing, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, like, something that makes an illusion of something someone would want, because it's, oh. like, a temptation demon. Yeah, is, like, its yeah, own yeah. Thing. there are there are shades of the Abolith thing as well Yeah. in there. I yeah. just... Because, like, confusion is such a weird spell. Like, yeah. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> it is a weird spell. It is. Yeah, I would have liked, like, a charm person or yeah, a suggestion that, or something. I, I, that's what I was expecting. I, yeah. like, looked on the list and didn't see either charm or suggestion, and I was like, really? Yeah. And uh, it's just another weird moment where the tiny little bit of lore that we get for the demon is not quite enough context for all of what it is. Yeah. And vice versa. Oh, well. Yeah, that's Glib Red Zoo. It's, it's a, I, I can imagine it being a decently fun fight. Um, there are a couple of cool little surprise moments, no shit things. But at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot to it. I feel like this is, you know, it's a high armor class monster that has the ability to fly around and dissuade people from doing damage to it. And it has all these defensive stuff and the damage that it does is not very much. So I can see this turning into a fight that is not interesting in the long term. (laughs) Like I can see this turning into a two hour fight against one creature where nothing's happening. This is definitely a monster that seems fine in theory, yeah. uh, but you most likely will have to do some DM trickery to make it fun, like with the environment and stuff. Yeah, I like, think there's a lot of monsters we covered that are standalone, cool. You yeah. like good to run, fun. This one seems like you kind of got to give it some working. Yeah, <laughs> like like, like there's got to be like stuff in the arena, like stuff that the Glibretsu would. I can see this being cool as a in like a like a battlefield rearranger where the Glibretsu is like, oh, the wizard wants to be not in the fire. Well, here you are, put you in the fire. And you know, like maybe there's like a horde of dretches or like a horde of Bulgras on the horizon and the Glibretsu is trying desperately to bring a couple of rangers over to the Bulgras in order to incite a big old fight between those guys and the party. Uh, I think there's there's room for trickery, but you as the DM have to be creative in that regard in order to make this work. What? <laughs> I'm gonna start going into like things that don't totally matter. But what about like uh, a? So there's pits of water, pits yes. of lava, but like a pit of poison. Oh yeah, poison pit. Because like they're immune to, yeah, poison. They're immune to poison. You can just straight up grab some people and then just be like, Bloop, into it's the abyss. <laughs> Anything is fucking possible. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like as long as you don't make them hide out in there and turn it into a big shitty thing. Yeah. Uh, I do like the idea of the poison pool where you know they're just. Kobe. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about throwing them in it. I was like, dive in with them, but just boop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, reasonable. Decent monster. Not bad. Yeah, seems all right to me. Would not put it on my top 10 list, that's for sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail. If you enjoyed it, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on our site or on any of the places that you listen to this. Uh, if you did not enjoy this episode and you don't like our faces and you you wish ill will upon us, firstly, how could you? Welcome to the club. Oh. <laughs> but feel free to check out the rest of the stuff on nerdsmith.org where you'll find reams 
Is that hordes the word? Of, <laughs> hordes of content for you to face down and a whole dragon horde of content. A whole Glabrezu horde. Whole Come on, man. Or we're... Chimera or literally <laughs> any of like, bandit horde. Mon- yeah, monsters, so many hordes. horde. Yeah. Hordes and horses. That's not good. I'll come up with a better monster than a horse. We got a while till we're at H, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll get, get back to that on there. In the meantime, what's our creature comfort for the Glabrezu? Just receive a nice soft hug. Yeah, yeah. Don't get pinced, but get like tenderly embraced. Yeah, like a a pince, but from not sharp arms. Yeah, find a find a dog or a, a mom. Just <laughs> hug that dog or mom. Ah, uh, yes, you're the one giving the soft pinces. Or we're gonna, or vice versa. Like if you find a dog that is very into giving hugs and encroaching <laughs> on your space. Or a mom that just, you know, wants to give a hug. Then it's symbiotic. Then it's good for everyone. That's true. That is comfortable. Mm. Have a good day. Bye.